It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here with Ryan again. Uh, mate, we've got some more teams to go through. It feels like ages since we last spoke. How you been? <laughs> yeah, mate, it's been uh, it's been quite a while. Huh? I'm going well. Um, yep. Ready to ready to dive into it. It's, uh, it's an exciting yeah. time of year. Everyone's putting their squads together, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, we can we can help and put together a winning squad for 2022. Awesome, mate. Well, we can't do any worse than we did last year, so we'll see how we go. But, uh, mate, uh, today we're coming back with the Bulldogs and the Cronulla Sharks. So jumping into the Bulldogs first, same deal as last time. Going to have a look at what they've got, what we've got, and, and see where the holes are. So uh, at fullback for the Bulldogs, uh, same, same here. we got Matt Dufty. Uh, he was somebody that I was kind of interested in early before we got all the prices and, and the tackle bust. He he has a fair few tackle busts in his scoring. So we'll just uh, – I reckon we just shovel on without speaking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a new addition. This is basically a whole new Bulldogs team that looks nothing like they did last year. And, and another part of that is the, the, the next guy who's the winger here, Josh Adokar. He's going to be on the left wing. Um, the right wing – is more than likely going to be Corey Allen. We've got the both as Corey Allen. Is there anyone else you can see uh, that might be a chance of taking that um, that wing spot? Um, I mean, it really depends on what type of you know squad that he wants to run out. Because I guess like we've got Aaron Shop down in the. Uh, you know, in the not not making the seventeen, like it is possible that maybe say Naden plays on the wing or Burns plays on the wing if he wants to. You know, get, maybe get shop into the side. Um, mm. like there is possibilities. I, I wouldn't bet on it being anyone other than Allen, but uh, there are possibilities. Yeah, I mean, they played him pretty good money, so you have to think they want him in the team. Although mm. that doesn't really matter. Uh, or the other option there's Ockenbor as well, who who gives them a good sort of yardage player. Um, you know, a bigger, bigger sort of body. But, yeah, no, I mean, Braden, Braden Burns has played out there before. It sounds to me like the left edge is going to be Pangai Burton and then Naden and Addo Carr. It sounds to me like they've been training that way, um, which would make a, a bit of a hodgepodge right edge, but we'll get there. Um, so, um, mate, uh, the, obviously Addo Carr, really big season last year, not expecting him to um, to do anything different there. Uh, Corey Allen, not fantasy relevant, even at 279K. His wing average is 19 and break-evens 22. So he's um, he's a no-go. But uh, the centres, I mean, Naden obviously is terrible fantasy-wise, break-even at 25. Uh, career centre average 27.5, and I think it, there's a few tackle busts in there as well. So I think I had him as, as, as basically a break-even price-wise at low 300s, which is pretty sad. But um, Braden Burns, obviously he's one. Um, he got put on to us a couple of years ago in the old fantasy group, which should not be named. Uh, but uh, uh, Oscar Sob put us on to him when he was sort of coming through. And, um, yeah, mate, he was obviously awesome, got injured. Um, now, you've got here in your um, in your notes that you want to see him go on to the Tommy Termo ham- hamstring training plan. So tell me, what are your thoughts about <laughs> Braden Burns? Uh, if he let's say he's the right center and uh, mm-hmm. he's playing outside 
you know, Jake Avarillo, who we guess we'll get to as well, but um, is he somebody with a career center average in, in the 40s that you're interested in? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's one you've got to consider um, round one, assuming he wins that spot. And, and it'll give me a lot of confidence if he can get through um, get through the preseason with you know no setbacks to that hamstring because obviously he's been really hampered by injury and really unlucky the last mm. couple of years because I think he's had like different hamstrings on both legs go. It's Yeah, it's been very unfortunate. But, I mean, if he can stay healthy, get through a nice uh, preseason, there's – there's definitely a, a lot of value there and one to consider. Um, yeah, like I mean, we've seen him in the past be be a keeper, you know, put up keeper-level scores. It's just injury that's always sort of holding back. Like how much confidence uh, do you have in uh, Braden this year? Oh, mate, the the short answer is not a huge amount uh, for the threat of, you know, they kind of went out and specifically got Naden. They got Burns as well, but I think at the time he was more of a depth signing. And, I mean, I like Braden Burns, but I don't know. I, I haven't seen any evidence to suggest that Trent Barrett has any idea what he's doing. So <laughs> uh, uh, knowing him, you know, like we've got – they got uh, Shop there who was pretty good last year, but they've also got a couple of halves like Bailey Biondiodo and um, Wakeham, who could easily push Avarillo into the centres as well. So, mm. uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would never feel 100% comfortable with his job security or his ability to not get injured. And mm. he's already kind of in an awkward spot, similarly to Tomoko. Like, they're they're kind of within 15 grand of each other. He's Braden Burns being the cheaper one. And I think if I was going to only get one of them, I think it would be Burns. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I don't – necessarily feel 100% confident with him, but it wouldn't shock me if it gets to the end of the year and he's a top five or six centre either. Mm. Yeah, he's got, he's, he's got he's like... on the Brian Kelly plan. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of see him like he, he's got like Momorowski potential from last year, you mm. know, before Momorowski got um, suspended and lost his gig. Like he's got potential yeah. to, to really... Um, Start the season hot as a um, you know as pe- seeing it like people seeing him as a potential keeper um, for the first like two months of the season. It's yeah, but it is just that long term um, security that you're always going to be looking over your shoulder, aren't you? Yeah, well, you just look at him. He's just base. His base is beautiful, and he only has a thirty percent try scoring rate in the centers. So I mean, it's it's not a lot to ask for. It could easily bump that up to forty or fifty percent. But thirteen tackles, four point five tackle busts, and one hundred and thirty five meters of games. Really nice base here with a couple of offloads. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love to have him, but I just I don't think I can. But I'd love to. So I, we'll see where we get to. I'm I'm shelling out 1.05 million at the moment, so my I'm, I'm I'm cheaping out in a couple of spots and centres. The first place you've got to cheap out. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to have him, but he's not making the team at the moment. Uh, moving to the halves, we got the same halves they do, which is Matt Burton, Jake Avarillo. Obviously, Avarillo, a lot of kick meters last year, which we're expecting he's going to be the second fiddle. Um, interestingly, he averaged 48.2 last year, but only 39 when he was the non-dominant half. So I'm expecting him to to drop significant amount, significant amount of, month, of money this year. Um, but Matt Burton, obviously, he's a rock star here. The new chief playmaker in Belmore. And um, yeah, so he's moved out from under the, the, the shadow of Cleary's chin. I'm just reading this off the website here. I've never, I haven't actually <laughs> read that before. That's beautiful. Mate, uh, don't you speak about my captain like that. I won't have any Cleary slander on this podcast. This is a pro Nathan Cleary podcast. <laughs> I won't hear it. Uh, I won't hear it. Uh, but captain mate, my captain. Uh, yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. 
we, we'll get to the Cleary Love Fest later. But, mate, um, yeah, I mean, Burton, he's 593K, so he doesn't come cheap. Uh, and his break-evens in the, what is he, 48 or or, or somewhere yeah, in that bracket. Now, obviously, the nerf to the kick meters hurts him a little bit. But, you know, I've seen a couple of people, and there's him and another guy that we'll have to speak about in our next episode in, in Sexton. But, I mean, people thinking that Burton had this some sort of attacking, massive attacking thing in the halves. I've only got him here at a 40% try scoring rate, which is, you know, that's not much better than, you know, Mitch Pierce or someone like that. Like that and he's an explosive player. He can absolutely get to that 30, 40%. He's going to be doing the goal kicking, obviously takes a bit of a hit with the the in play kicking. But I mean he's probably what like a low to mid fifties average and a and a a gun top two keeper center probably. Um should should we just be saving a trade and plugging him in week one or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm strongly considering it just because of like how much better I think he's going to be than every other center. Like, um, if you look at the the top centers from last year, like I'll take out Marion Seve because he only played two games, but uh, Jesse Ramey and Jordan Rapana, um, Katoni Staggs, Jake Avarillo, Joseph Manu, right? Nice. So those guys, those guys all averaged 48 or more, like between 48 and 49.2. Jesse Ramey averaged 49.2. Um, now, Ramey and Rapana. Stags, big tackle busts, uh, busters, they're going to be getting nerfed, right? Jake Avarillo, we know his role is completely different. Um, Joey Mano, he's not one I've looked at yet, so uh, I can't, I'm not going to comment too much on him. And then after that, you've got Dane Gagai, who's at a completely different team, probably not yeah. going to be scoring nearly as many tries. Um, yeah, so, the only one that I can put within the stratosphere of him is Jack Bird. Yeah, yeah, depending on his role, absolutely, yeah, because like I, I just think Burton's going to be f- like far and away the best center. Um, you know, he's going to be tickling, yeah. like he's you know going to be tickling mid fifties. Um, you know, he's got that potential. He's got the base too. Like I know kick meters have been nerfed, but the, you know they're still good to have. It's still good to have that base as well as the goal kicking. Um, I, I just think he might be worth paying that premium for and just having that you know set and forget um, center the entire season. Plus, he can go into your halves if you are in an emergency as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking a bit. I'm toying with an idea of starting with Burton and Jack Bird, and just not spending any trades on centers for the whole year, and having the best two centers. <laughs> It'll save you a lot of headaches. Like, it will, and like they're both dual as well, which will help. So you know, at the start of the year, you can plug your cheapy centers in and play them in a different position, and then later on, you just shift your cash cows out, put them two in your centers, and and move on with your life. So it's it's definitely something to have a look at, and obviously we'll touch on Jack Bird when we get to him. But I mean, I really like Burton. He's been kind of in and out of my team. I'm tossing up between Burton and and Toby Sexton for one spot at the moment, just cash cash wise, and the jewel might be what what breaks it for me. So we'll um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see how to see how that all shakes out. But I mean, that's probably it. What we need to deal with there now the back row combination here both fantasy relevant for the dogs. Uh, so Pangai Junior is going to take up what we think's probably the left edge, judging. But we've got him on the website as a right back row, but I don't think that matters. I think he's going to play left by the sounds of it. And then the other edge we've got listed as being taken up by Raymond Fatala Mariner, who's just I oh, oh, mate, he's one of my favourite options this year. But I mean, obviously, when we get our special guest on. Uh, we'll have to to go through and, and discuss Fatal Mariner because really it's a um, you know he's I I was corrected when I was speaking to our special guest unnamed special guest about um, Raymond because apparently he didn't actually have a Liz Frank injury he had a different sort of foot injury 
um, Interesting. which is worse. So, Ooh. but, and I saw some sort of article that he's not even, you know, running at full speed and changing directions yet, but I don't know how long ago that was. Um, I might even just Google it right now. But, I mean, talk to me about Pangai because, I mean, you, I feel like you're a bit hotter on him than I am. Um, I'm, I was until I sort of did my breakdown today and, and, and yeah, sort of realised he's been he's been nerfed um, a little bit. But I, 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 my initial reaction was that I thought he might be... Um, um, he, he might be worth a look because of the new like offload to to hands, um, and he was the leading offloader per game last season. Um, and you know, plus when he was playing for the Panthers, he was coming off the bench, so he was only getting like thirty minutes a game as well for for some of those um, end of season games. So I thought, you know, he, he could be, um, you know, making up what he's lost in tackle busts through. Uh, offloading, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Unfortunately, I've uh, his break even is uh, what fifty four, and I've got him projected for about fifty two. So I, I don't have um, I don't have much value there, unfortunately. And, and he's another one of these funny ones where like he averaged what fifty two point eight last year um, in total, but they've bumped his break even up to fifty four. Is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I can get him up to I can get him up to 55 56. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just a bit it's it's kind of, you know, you're really really pushing it a little bit. So, yeah, it's uh I, at this stage I don't have him. I actually think that if you were going to go for a premium mid that wasn't Payne Haas, my second choice would be Tomalolo uh, over Pengai for the money. But I'll I'll talk to you about why when we get to the Cowboys. So yeah, I, I hear the noise and I did that as well. So I get it. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, mate, uh, okay, so Raymond Vitola Mariner, I've just found this article here. So it's from a... a December 31st, but it's Stuff Sports, and they cite a world world, wide, wide World of Sports uh, article uh, f- with an interview from Phil Gould, but that interview happened 10 weeks ago. Right, okay. So all of these quotes in it saying, oh, he's barely played, he's running at 50% of his body weight, that was three months ago this was where he was up to. So right. that was like when the season was finishing. So, you know, I mean... My thought is that he's, you know, the the most recent update I can find on him is, um, you know, NRL.com listing him as being there, being there <laughs> starting back row in round one, which, you know, obviously that's three months more current. Uh, so I'm, I'm just trying, looking to see here key changes. Uh, oh, health check here. Uh, Fatal Marina, um be chomping at the bit to add. Yep. Okay. Yeah. No. See, it's not. Um, yeah, it's not giving me any indication that he's not going to be ready for round one here. So. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's. Uh, I think that's a couple of our New Zealand followers jumping at some shadows. Um, there, but I mean, Phil Gould has a tweet here. RFM showing pro- promising signs, and that was on the eighth of December. So that was, you know, two months after that article. So. It's um yeah, it's going to be interesting. I will note that physio says here there's a twenty percent uh, chance of failure from the surgery, um, oh, no. which would make it career ending. So, 
we'll we'll have a chat to our special guest about that when we get to that point. But we'll um yeah we'll see how we go. So, mate, uh, into the middle forwards. Uh, I mean, as it stands, if Raymond Fatala Mariner is the back rower in round one, I'll be starting with him, hundred percent. Yeah, I think you have to. Um, and like again, like like you say, the failure rate. But again, like you really only need him to be there for about you know six to eight weeks. So as long as you yeah. can hold off that, yeah. like yeah. Oh, mate, I think if they go through all the way through all the, I think the it sounds like the failure happens in the rehab part, not in the now you're back uh, to one hundred percent fit part. Yeah, gotcha. So. Yeah, so he'll be basically a full 12 months out from the injury. So, yeah, and, I mean, it's, it, you know, he's he's got 17 points of value at full amount. So it's not like he needs to go back to that 50 average or 49 average to be a, a buy, you know, even if he's 80% of what he was, he's a buy. So I think, um, yeah, he's a goer. Now, middle forwards here, we're going to have uh, Josh Jackson at lock with Luke Thompson and Paul Vaughan at prop. Um, and Hetherington being the big minute forward off the bench. Um, but none of them really representing any uh, fantasy value here. Josh Jackson, 61 break-even. Luke Thompson, 56 break-even. Paul Vaughan, 50 break-even. So of those three guys, obviously Paul Vaughan would be the one, but I did a little bit of a, a projection on him, and I've got him coming out at 48.5 with the new rules. So I don't think, um, I don't think he's going to be one to look at. Um, no. one, once again, he's four, four grand more expensive than Tom Malolo, who's my uh, super duper buy of the year. No, he's not really. But <laughs> Josh Jackson's going to be Josh Jackson's going to be one of the blokes least affected by these uh, by these prices <laughs> uh, by these scoring changes. Why is his break even sixty one when he averaged fifty eight last year? And I was and just looking at that. Break any tackles? That's no. so weird. Yeah, they did it to him and Jake Trebojevic, the jerks. It's so strange, Which, uh, isn't it? Like... We'll talk about that in the next episode. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's bizarre stuff. And then, obviously, we've got Jeremy Marshall King here uh, in the hooker. Uh, interesting price point, but, you know, so in 2021, in games that he played 50-plus minutes, he uh, averaged 54 points in 70 minutes. But I think the longest we've ever seen him play 50-plus minutes in a game is three games in a row. So I don't think we can trust that he's going to get that. And at that price, you wouldn't bother, would you? You'd just, you know, spend 100K less and go for a Ruben Cotter or something if you really wanted a not-keeper. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't spend 600K on a, on a you know, a 50-minute hooker. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah, so obviously we've got uh, Hetherington, C, Manafangai, Corey Waddell and, and Topanay. As the bench, and they've got probably something similar, I'm guessing. Yeah, beyond the Odo on the bench instead of Topane. Uh, obviously, if let's say that, because um, they've got Dory gone mid year, and f- let's say Fatal Mariner doesn't come back, is it Waddell on the edge or do they play Topane on the edge? Because uh, he's actually an edge forward by quote unquote trade. Um, what are you? What are your I'd thoughts ass- on that? I'd assume it'd be Waddell. Um, that would be my my guess. But um, again, I, I'm also guessing a lot of that stuff would come down to mid season performance as well. Like if he's really blowing the doors off the bench, then you know mm-hmm. you could see him taking that spot. But I, I think Waddell would be first in line. Why is Topane averaged 31 points last year, but he got a break even of 44 this year? 
and he's at 550k. Are you serious? That doesn't make wow. any damn sense. What? What? Yeah. That is really so odd. Yeah. It's so weird. Bizarre stuff. I'm going to just have a look at this now. So I was thinking, somewhat, we were talking and saying maybe it was way, more heavily weighted towards the end of the season. But his last three games was 16, 29, and 24. His good ones were at the start. Yeah, that's really unless, odd. Unless they've priced it based on the thought that they think he's going to be the edge back rower, so they've done it like that. Um, but 44 is a lot. Like that's, you know, that's a hot, that's high. That's Luke Thompson when he came into the thing he's over more, that. Or, he's, or more John than Kirk, he's more expensive than Kirk Cable. Unreal stuff. Gear. Mm. Good stuff, man. Um, <laughs> anyway. Moving right along, you guys, I, I think I said that quietly enough that no one would have heard that. Um, all right, moving across to the Cronulla Sharks, uh, the most boring back line uh, that's not fantasy relevant outside of one in, you know, Will Kennedy at fullback, and then we're going to have Ronaldo Molotalo, Sione Katoa on the wings, Jesse Ramian at centre with more than likely Connor Tracy. I mean, that's the interesting one here. Now, they've got... Ikevalu taking that centre spot, which is the thing that I've been kicking around. I reckon they've been listening to, um, you know, my my private messages on Facebook and and the podcast that I guested on the Supercoach podcast. So I was talking to the guys and they were sort of saying the same thing. So, mate, what what's your – do you think it's – I mean, Connor Tracy was good at centre last year. Um, and, mate, I also just want to bring this up just for the, the people at home. Uh, Zach Sini's on the, the Sharks – Books as well hey. in the centers. Yes, let's go. Get him in. Get him in. <laughs> Cash cow round one, mate. Yeah. Um, look, no, it, it, I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't it, um, to have Ikevalu there? Um, yeah. Like, like Tracy was good, but he, I, I guess he also offers that. Uh, I think he's better in like a utility role, like being able to cover the halves <laughs> um, and anywhere in the back line or you know, slot into the centers and then someone else can cover wing fullback type, type of deal. Um, or Ikamalu can cover wing fullback. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, that w- it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, either way, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think Ikamalu is probably the better option to play center, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I had it, I, I've had it as kind of Tracy in center and had them carrying uh, like a Teague Wilton or something like that, where, um, like a Nicora gets put, gets pushed out to center, or Wilton plays center. If if you know they lose somebody in the in the spine, and and Tracy has to move. But I mean, that's the way they could go. It, dep- it probably depends. Obviously, they got a new coach and a, and a couple of new players, so it's going to be interesting to see how they play it. They do have the option of of rolling with what you're sort of saying and, and having Ikavalu and having Tracy on the bench because they've got the big minute forwards there. You know, your McInnes's and and Tolmans and and uh, Finucane. So I mean, you know, there's not a lot of <laughs> there's not a lot of grunt in those three, but there there's minutes in them for sure. So, uh, yeah. and then obviously Jesse Ramian, one of the really good center options last year, but six point three tackle bust per game. That's a massive nerve for him. Um, average forty nine last year, break even forty six, but average fifty one and a half when he played at least seventy minutes last year. But you wouldn't go near him with a ten foot pole at five hundred seventy eight k with no. that nerve yeah. to the scoring. So. This is what I was saying in regards to like Burton's value. Um, like he could be ten points better than the next best center now because like so many of these guys were relying on tackle busts. So and yeah. especially Ramian. 
Mm, absolutely. I guess with Jack Bird, he does a bit of that, but he does a bit of tackling as well in that forward role in the center in this in the actual center spot. You wouldn't wouldn't want him, but mm. in the forward, you can you can let him go a little bit. So, mate, they've got Nico Hines here in the halves with Trindle. We've got him with Moylan. Uh, I don't know which way they're going to end up. Uh, probably depends how much they trust the kicking game of of Hines, I guess, which maybe mm. is not a lot. Uh, what do you think it's going to be? Um, look, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd probably say it's going to be Matt Moylan, um, mm. just because of the, you know that experienced head. Um, yeah, but I, I guess that is the real concern, isn't it? But uh, like, it's also important to note, like you know, it, Blake Braley can duck out a dummy half and kick. Wade Graham, Wade Graham. can kick. Yeah, Wade Graham can yeah. kick as well. Um, and like that would be great for, for him if he's picking up, say, you know, 60, 80 minutes a game and kicking. Um, yeah. you know, there are there are guys that can take that pressure off. And like obviously um McInnes could probably provide something as well. Like he did the odd kick out of dummy half as well. Um but mm. yeah, there are guys there that can take the pressure off. And um I know Moyland historically doesn't do much kicking, but uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me close to the goal line for him to maybe do a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, they've also got the option there of, of, you know, like you say, having a Connor Tracy or something like that as well in the, in the side who's a, is a half by, by trade. So mm. mate, I do want to speak about Nico Hines though. Um, so we've had some, uh, I've had some Hines slander on the Facebook group and I'm not happy about it. Ooh. Um, so we, we're a pro Nico Hines podcast. Okay. Before we get started, but now mate, uh, I would like to get your honest opinion on it. Because so I've had a look at Hines and I really don't think that his attacking stats shown there are anything in the halves games I'm talking about is anything unsustainable. Um, I think the games that he played in the halves, the storm was sort of injury impacted and going towards their other guys. Obviously, he's an attacking style player uh, and his kick meters, he didn't have a huge amount of kick meters in the halves. So, I mean, I've only got him in here for. Uh, let me find him. He's down the bottom. Uh, 180 kick meters a game, mm. which you know, even if he's splitting with Trindle, I think that's about right. You know, that's kind of what, what uh, you know, a half a that's a you know, a Luke Brooks Jackson Hastings type split or a Cody Walker's was 150 last year. So you know, it's only 30 meters more than what Cody Walker was doing with Adam Reynolds and Trindle's not yeah. Adam Reynolds. So, I mean, 180 kick meters a game, you know, he's going to take the goal kicking uh, at 48 break, even eligible at wing fullback with the huge nerf to tackle busts. Uh, you know, Teddy's going to go down. Turbo's going to go down, but still be good. Kalen Pong has been ground into the dust. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Hines. Hines is to me, he's probably, my third best wing fullback this year. Yeah, no, look, I, I tend to agree. And like 180 meters is very um, gettable. Like if he's partnered with Trindle, that like that's what I would expect. I'd expect that to be higher if it is Moylan. Um, oh, it'll you know, be like, I'd 350 ex- if it's Moylan. Yeah, yeah, he'll be tickling 300 for sure. Um, yeah, and if it's, especially if it's Moylan, I, I don't think you can say no. Like you could make a case against him if it is Trindle, um, but I mean. For for the for a wing fullback spot where you're you know you're getting a very solid base, um, you know attack has never really been the Sharks' problem. It's always been defense in recent years. So I, I think he's going to you know I think that like three goals a game is fairly sustainable. Um, you know, chucking the kick meters and say you know fifteen points a game from 
tackles. Um, you know, there's a very solid base there, and yeah, like, I, I can see where you're coming from, and I can see how you've landed landed on him um, being a great buy this year because um, he, he was definitely one I was skeptical about in the preseason, just in terms of like how is his um, how is he going to transition going from Melbourne surrounded by absolute superstars into this Cronulla side where now he's got to. He's got to be the man, like the main playmaker. Um, he, do, he doesn't have. Isn't like that a, better though, <laughs> for fantasy? <laughs> for fantasy, yeah, it could be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, maybe just footy wise, he might struggle, but fantasy wise, yeah, he's because yeah. you know fantasy is all about opportunity, so he's going to have plenty of that. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to get the Nathan Cleary treatment. I think he's going to be doing the bulk of the kick meters. He's going to be running. He's going to be you know goal kicking. Obviously, he's not in the same standard of caliber of player as Cleary, but there isn't any players in the standard of caliber of halves in NRL is clearly at the moment. So it's just a matter of, you know, going, okay, you know, Nico Hines, he's, um, yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a, you know, you chuck him in your, you know, like if you start with a, like at the moment I've got in my team, Cleary, Burton, Bird, Pappenhausen and Hines, you know, that's a, a really solid, you know, elite, scoring group and then you you make your money through the edges where there's heaps of value so uh, and you know you you know if, you imagine someone playing Heinz versus you know you're opting down and this is where you just go down to a Xavier Coates or something like that you know Heinz is going to get you 40 to 70 points a week whereas Coates could be anywhere from 8 through to 70 you know it's um you know yeah I, I think there's yeah I, I just it makes it makes so much sense at the moment with the jewel as well, you know, worst case scenario, let's say Teddy, you know, adds another impact to his game or whatever and, and manages to offset the fact of he loses about eight points a game and Callum Ponga or whatever, then, you know, he's, he's your, your 18th, 17th, 18th man, you know, and you don't have to spend yeah. a trade on him he, and he's well, almost guaranteed the job. I was going to ask, I, I haven't seen um, what's the, the track detractors are saying in the Facebook group. So what's the, I guess, to steel man, the argument against him, what would be. Oh, it's the, it's the, oh yeah. It's the, oh, coming from a team of superstars to the sharks Ooh. argument and okay. the losing of attacking stats. That's the thing, but it's not about that. It's, you know, but like you say, you know, it's, there has been no shortage of attacking stats from, from the sharks. It's the problem is when they don't have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously we've got um, Wade Graham in the other back row spot, and um, I know you you love Wade Graham. And shout out to it's Austin, isn't it? That was the Wade yeah. Graham last year, and and obviously that was started really well and ended really poorly. But I mean, four hundred and sixty one k. He's looking like he's got at least kind of seven or eight points value with some with a little bit of upside there. But talk me through him. Yeah, again, he's one of these guys um, had a pretty rough 2021, um, just constantly either injured or concussed. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, average, he only averaged 35 last year. He's uh, gotten a break-even of – he's getting the fan hub treatment break-even of 37. Um, <laughs> but his career average um, when he plays, you know, at least, say, 60 minutes, usually, you know, he's, he's usually always an 80-minute player. It's usually only, you know, say, injury or – sin bidding um, where he's playing less than 80. But he typically always averages about somewhere between 44 and 46, um, just about every single year. He, he's very consistent in that regard. And I, I can't see much changing this year. I, I guess the upside comes from the fact that um, last year he didn't have any attacking stats, really. Like, he didn't score a try. He had one line break the entire year. He does, he didn't get a try assist. Um, 
Plus, if he is partnered with, uh, sorry, if the, if the halves are Moylan and Hines, like we spoke about, there is also that opportunity that he's getting, say, you know, between 60 and 100 kick meters a game as well to sort of relieve the pressure on Hines in the kicking game. So um, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot to like about um, Graham. It's just going to be, you know, a matter of price point where you end up landing on him. I think there's, you know, about eight points of value there um, for him. It's, yeah, it, it's just a matter of... Uh, if you're going to land on him or if, you know, if you're going to opt for one of these cheaper options, it's all about team composition, but um, he's one I've got a, a bit of a man crush on. So I'm, I might start with him like Chad last year. Yeah. Oh, mate. How good is Chad? Oh, the best. He's yours now. Proud to be a cowboy man. Yeah. I've got my <laughs> Cowboys shorts on at the moment and my Warriors jersey. Oh, that's lovely. My, fav- my favorite two teams. Uh, all right. Um, Blake Braley, he's going to play hooker and he's not in not fantasy relevant. Um, the other back row, obviously, Britton Nakora, we think, but could be Talakai, could be Teague Wilton, who knows, but n- probably ne- none of them are fantasy relevant. Uh, but we'll come back to you if there's any obvious changes there. Uh, the middle forwards, obviously, if Anukin comes into the team, uh, 38 break even, 476K. Seen a couple of people having a look at him. I strongly suggest that you do not do that. Uh, he's on the wrong side of the age curb. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's probably not going to be playing gigantic minutes. They've got Tolman there. They've got McInnes there. He's going to be playing massive amounts of minutes. Rudolph can get through the minutes. I got two 80 minute edge back rowers. Uh, just don't do it to yourself, um, please. Uh, but, um, mate, uh, obviously we've got Toby Rudolph starting. They've got Braden Hamley Ueli starting. I don't think it matters. They're both going to play 35 to 45 minutes and and neither are relevant at their prices. But, mate, Cameron McInnes, mm. 780K, 63 break even. So he's got basically what they've done to him is, is said, you know, you didn't play last year, um, so we're going to treat it as though it was the year before. Uh, his career uh, starts in this hybrid lock hooker type role, which we think he's going to be in. He does average close to 70. Uh, so I, I think there's some value there, but I don't know if we trust. Like, I mean, how many minutes have we given him off a, a non-existent season? I mean, he's had so much time and he's a, he's not the sort of guy that will take time to build into the role that he plays because it's basically just tackling and running. Mm. What, yeah. what are your thoughts? Tell, tell me your thoughts. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, it's always tough to um, spend that much of your cap, 780000 sight unseen on a guy that hasn't played in, in a season. Um, you know, obviously mm. you know, injured in, in preseason last year, didn't play a single game. It, it's it's a pretty hard ask to spend that much money on, um, on a guy, you know, at, at the beginning of the season. And when you can't be certain on his role, like, is he going to be playing 80 minutes like he was at the Dragons? Are they going to... You know, ease him into it with you know, say sixty-five to start the year. It's it, it comes posed with a lot of risk. Um, obviously, you wouldn't expect much nerf to his scoring, given that it is just tackling and meter gaining for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah. If he if he wasn't coming off that uh, ACL, like if he was healthy last year and you know played the whole season, and um, you know, and, and I think that's a fair thing to say, given that he hasn't been given an injury discount. Um, I'd have a lot more confidence, but um, yeah, for, for me, I think I'm just going to wait and see. What about yourself? Yeah, I feel pretty confident that he's 
kind of floor in this team is 60 minutes on average, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think they're going to give him the whole, but, and, but this is the thing, right? Is I don't Blake, Blake Braille is not an 80 minute player. Mm-hmm. So he, he can, but he's like, he loses something when he plays that sort of minutes. So, you know, I think what's going to happen is Blake Braille is going to play 15, like he's going to play 65 minutes and, and McInnes is going to play 15 minutes of hooker but play like a regular lock minutes on top of that. So like a, I'm saying like, you know, might be 55 minutes at lock and 15 at hooker for a total of 70. Um, so like I've got him here like looking at, so I've just, I've just had a look at games where he's played at least 65 minutes and gained at least 75 meters. So that should kind of isolate the, you know, the type of stats that we'd expect out of him and I mean, as far as the tackle bus go, I'm assuming it's pretty much non-existent. Um, two point five. Okay, that's actually more than what I thought. Um, but then one offload, so that'll be about neutral in terms of in terms of the um, you know the average sort of shakeout from there. But I mean, that's a point eight eight uh, points per minute. So at um, 70 minutes, that gets you 62 average, which is kind of where he's priced. So I just don't, unless he's going to be playing a consistent 80, I don't think the value is there to be starting with him. But he's definitely going to be a end-of-season keeper. But what you're hoping is they sort of ease him in, he loses a little bit of money, has one or two low games in there, you know, getting used to the combinations, and then you can pick him up for, 700 or something like that. And then I think that's where he's going to represent some value because he's, you know, more than likely 99% not going to play state of origin. You know, he's going to be a, you know, a consistent scorer for you and we've seen him do it. So mm. the the annoying part is they've, uh, even though they've treated last year, like it didn't happen, they've still taken the hooker deal position off him. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. So I think you have to think it's going to be some sort of combination of Payne Haas, Cameron McInnes and somebody else as your final three mids uh come come the end of the year hopefully well maybe you'll get it back i don't know who knows anyway uh i think that's probably for the sharkies uh, i just i really wanted to i know we're not starting with mckinnis but i, I kind of really wanted to to get him in there because it get get some give the man some damn respect <laughs> no. but, yeah, yeah. So do you think they're going to transition Braley back to sort of that 60-minute player? Because he was pretty consistently playing 80, I, I see, last year. Um, I think that was because they were just pretty busted with injuries and stuff. And and he's mm. better. I think he's better when he plays less than that. And, oh, I agree. You know, have a, look at, have a look at the system where Craig Fitzgibbon's coming from. Mm. Who was the last consistent 80-minute hooker at the Roosters? Well, he got uh, he got retired. <laughs> He got medically retired. I, and I, I, note, note the word consistent as well, because even Frendo, the last time he consistently played 80 minutes was when Pierce didn't play and he was doing all the kick meters as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess 2019 when we started with him, um, it's just that he only played one game and then he got injured. 
So yeah. I guess round round one twenty nineteen was the last time he really was an eighty minute hooker, wasn't it? Yeah. No, yeah, that's right. So yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be sixty five minutes for Braley and then fifteen and fifty and that'll share enough. But like if they go with uh if they go with a Connor Tracy on the bench, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse, but you know, in the court they, they, they could go with like the big bopper, you know, they could play a Franklin Pele, Royce Hunt type you know, situation and just have them play 20 minutes a game each and, and, and Talakai and just really sort of ride for Nukin and, and McInnes, but I'm not willing to gamble on that at the moment um, until I see it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I can't start with him round one, I don't think, particularly because I'm uh, shelling out so much money for, uh, you know, the shade shade for Matt Burton underneath with the, the chin shade. But, mate, I reckon that'll do us for today uh, and then we'll uh, we'll come back next time uh, when we can find some more time to speak about the Manly Sea Eagles and the Gold Coast Titans. What do you think? Yeah, no, sounds good to get break out the turbo love. All right. Too easy, mate. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us and we'll speak to you next time. Love you guys. Have you got time for another one?